Hallelujah. Acts chapter 2, verse 1 through 4. The Bible says, And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rush and mighty wind, and it filled all the house where they were sitting. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as a fire, and it sat upon each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Amen. Let's ask the Lord to speak to our hearts tonight and, and help us to glean something from his word today. Lord, we love you. God, I thank you for the opportunity to come into your presence. God, I thank you, Lord, for changing me, for making a promise that you would never leave me or forsake me. God, I thank you for your grace and your mercy. God, I thank you for salvation today. God, I don't deserve it, but God, I'm truly grateful that you extended it down to me and had mercy on me. We thank you for your word today. God, I pray that you would open our hearts and our minds tonight, that we could be receptive to your word, Jesus. I'm asking that you would do these things in Jesus' name. We pray, and everybody said amen. amen. Praise God. You can be seated tonight. Hallelujah. Well, the last few weeks... Um, I kept getting stuck on the feast and all of the things that we, we endeavor to do. And then I ended up trying to teach about this next portion. And I, I broke it open, but I didn't get very far. And uh, I, I, want, I want to delve into uh, some more of what the book of Acts has to tell us. Praise God. <clears throat> Amen. The church, as we know it from the last several weeks... That uh, the church is in a is the age in which we live in history, Amen. We are in the age of grace, as some like to to um, uh, say. Others would say this is the age of the church. Um, I don't care how you say it. This is the here and the now, Amen. This is where we're at today, and God is still doing great things. In fact, I've said this a few times, but but. Acts, the book of Acts is the only book in the New Testament that does not end with the four-letter word, Amen. The book of Acts does not end with the word, Amen. Amen. I, I realize just now when I said the four-letter word, probably everybody's minds went to different places, four, other kinds of four-letter four words. But I'm just saying, it didn't put a conclusion on the end of that chapter. I wasn't trying to go there, so I saw smiles on people's faces, and I... I had to make sure you understood that um, that wasn't even in the, in, in, the, in the genre of where I was headed. Amen. But uh, at the end of Acts, there was not the word amen there at the end of that chapter, at the end of chapter 28. Amen. And I've, I've said this, and you've heard me say this, and that is today we're still writing Acts chapter 29. Can I get an Amen. What we do and how we're acting, we're still abiding in the age of grace and we are still uh, under the mandate of go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Ghost, amen. And after you do that, you teach them to go out and do the same stuff that you just did, amen. It's supposed to be a, a revolving cycle day after day that we live, amen, person after person that we meet, amen. Our goal is to see their soul saved, amen. Does that mean as soon as you meet somebody, you start preaching to them, Brother Blue? No, that's, that's not going to win hardly anybody, 
Amen. Unless you catch them in the right moment. Praise God. And sometimes they're open to hear what, what would help them and change them. Amen. I want to be there and I want to be available for God to use me in those moments. Amen. Throughout my life. Amen. But most of the time, the best way for us to reach out to somebody, Sister Rini, is just to be their friend. Amen. And eventually what's going to happen is they're going to realize, hey, there's something different about this individual. It's not just how they dress. It's not just how they talk. Amen. But it's how they actually live. Amen. I don't want people to look at me and say, man, he, he thinks he's better than everybody else. No, because if it wasn't for God, I'd be in their same shoes today. Amen. I'm not better than anybody. Amen. I need the help of God. Amen. My, my sights today are not upon this earth, but my sights are upon a heavenly home that has been promised to me. I'm ready to go see my master. I'm ready to go see my Savior face to face. Amen. I wish today that God would, would sound the trumpet, Brother Mendez, so that I can just get past all the junk that life has to offer and just go home. But it's not like that. Uh, amen. God has given us the grace and the mercy that we need to live for him on a daily basis. Amen. God has given us his spirit to help us and to strengthen us. Amen. To give us peace. Amen. To, that we may walk. Amen. In boldness. Amen. From day to day and be confident in this very thing. That Jesus has called me out of darkness into his marvelous light. Amen. He called me. He called me. I can't believe he called me into his darkness, into his, in his, his marvelous light. Out of the darkness. Amen. I, he didn't keep me in darkness. Because there's one thing that we understand is Jesus is the light. He said, I am the way. I am the truth. And I am the life. Amen. If you want to really live, you just need Jesus in your life. Amen. Praise God. Praise God. Hallelujah. We are living in this age, this era of grace, this era of the church today. Amen. And I, I said it last week, I began teaching in this section, uh, but the Bible tells us that God, that I believe Everything orchestrated in time, God sent the Holy Ghost at the right time. And that time was His time. He had planned it from the beginning of time, and it happened just in the nick of time. Amen. God knew what He was doing. Amen. I, I said this the other last week, uh, amen, just recapping that God, amen, sent the rushing mighty wind and the cloven tongues like as a fire. Amen. There was a reason why he sent those things. Acts chapter 2, Brother Mendez, amen, if you can help me read tonight. Acts chapter 2, verses 2 and 3, the Bible says this, amen. Praise God, I should have turned it on for you. Praise the Lord. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of rushing mighty wind. There came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind. And it filled all the house where they were sitting. And it filled the entire house. Go ahead. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as of fire. And it set upon each one of them. Some of them? Each of them. Each of them. Yep. The Bible says that suddenly, all of a sudden, out of nowhere... Came the sound. What did Jesus say would accompany every believer? He said a sound. In John chapter 3 verse number 8. 
He said, the wind blows where it listeth, and you hear the sound thereof. But you don't know where it's coming from, and you don't know where it's going. So is everyone that is born again. Hallelujah. Praise God. It is the ongoing evidence that the Holy Ghost is in our midst today. Amen. I, I, I've been, in fact, today even, I came across, I tell you what, I, I believe Facebook and Instagram and all those things are listening to every word you're saying. Amen. The reason is because today, amen, all of a sudden I came across, and I haven't been, I haven't been st studying on my phone uh, about tongues. I haven't been doing it. I've been reading, in the, reading it in the scripture. And all of a sudden... Some guy comes on there and he says this, and we don't have time to do this again tonight, but last week we read it, that they said the first century, the Holy Ghost, tongues, everybody that was there that day heard them speak in their own language, and they were trying to get it across that, and then they, they flipped it to uh, the 21st century, and they found some, I think it's the office or whatever, and somebody's just on there babbling, um, and, and he's just saying, ta, 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 and that's all he's doing, and he said, tongues in the 21st century, As, and, I, and, I, and I'll give him something there. Yeah, sometimes we think that just making some odd noises is speaking in tongues, amen, but if the Holy Ghost isn't there and he isn't giving you the utterance to speak that, then I can promise you that you're just making some noises. Amen. But I want you to understand, when God begins to move in the midst of his people, there's not any type of uh, confusion going on. When God begins to move in the midst of his people, there is no um, uh, misunderstanding that God is in the midst. Amen. In fact, those people that day were asking, amen, what meaneth this? What's going on around here? Amen. God never took the Holy Ghost away. The Holy Ghost didn't just feel the people that were there on the day of Pentecost. And a couple chapters later, it didn't just feel them either. It wasn't just for those people in the book of Acts. But I remind you that we are still in the age of the church. And we still are going to receive his spirit just like they received it. Amen. People have taught time and time again. Amen. I'm going to, uh, we'll get to the next scripture in just a few minutes. Uh, amen. But the Bible teaches us over and over. Amen. That, that the things that were there. Amen. The scriptures were given to us as an example that we could abide and live by. Amen. I don't care what thing that you're, you're, you're facing in life. God will always, everybody say always. God will always give us the strength. He will always give us the direction. God will always point us in the way that he would have us to go. And God didn't just give those people the Holy Ghost in the book of Acts and then take it away. But no, today he's still giving the Holy Ghost away. He's still coming to us. His spirit is dwelling inside of us. Today, does anybody believe what I'm talking about today? Amen. Just like he sent it then, he is still sending it today. And that's for everybody to receive. I don't care what you've done in life. God has sent it to you and I to receive his spirit 
afresh and new today. And I can promise you this. He don't want you just to experience it one time. He wants you to experience it time after time after time after time. Every day that I possibly can. God, I want to experience an outpouring of the Holy Ghost in my life. Hallelujah. Praise God. Just like Peter said, you shall. Everybody say, you shall. You shall receive it. Amen. There's some assurance there when you see the word shall in the word of God. When, when the scriptures state the word shall, honey, you better mark it down because it's going to happen. Amen. There is no ifs, no ands, or buts. When God says it shall happen, it's going to happen. Praise God. And not only is it going to happen... It can happen to you and to your children and to all that are afar off. I'm not, I'm not saying my own words, Brother Mendez. Hey, man, back me up with the scripture here. Acts chapter 2, verse 38. <clears throat> Praise God. Hallelujah. And Peter said unto them, Repent. for the remission of sins and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost for this promise is unto you uh-huh. and to your children uh-huh. and to all that are afar off even as many as the Lord our God shall call now God said you shall receive the Holy Ghost and in verse 39 he said you shall he, he shall call people amen praise God the Holy Ghost isn't just for those who are perfect thank God for that amen thank God that he didn't just uh, look at those that were on the earth without flaw and say, hey, I want that one and I want this one and I want that one. No, he looked down on me and look, I, I had a bunch of flaws. I had a bunch of mess ups. But he still said, hey, son, I got something for you. Amen. And I'm going to fill you with the Holy Ghost to give you the power that you need to overcome. Thank God for that. Thank God for that. You know, one of the things that I, I, I wanted to point out very quickly and then I'm going to jump into, in fact, Brother Mendez, um, I want you to go to 1 Corinthians chapter 14 and get ready. Uh, we're going to jump around in there just a little bit here tonight before we move on. And we're, I don't want to spend too long in there. Amen. Acts chapter 22, verses 38 and 39 said, For the, Then Peter said unto them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of your sins, and ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. And he said, For the promises unto you and to your children, and to all that are afar off. Even as many as the Lord our God shall call. Now, this same spirit that showed up to them and sat upon each of them like cloven tongues of fire is available for us today. Now, something as I was studying this, and I want to point this out for you to know that it wasn't just an ordinary wind that started blowing through that place. In fact, the same word that has been translated wind in this verse, in chapter 2, verse number 2, suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind. That word wind right there has also been translated spirit throughout the scriptures. So literally we could have said this, and suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty spirit. Does that make any sense to you tonight? The Holy Ghost is a, it's a spirit. And that spirit came rushing into that place. When it was time, 
God said, all right, I'm rushing on in there, and I'm going to indwell my people because they are there seeking my face. Amen. I want you to understand it wasn't just a sound of wind. It was the wind. It was the one and only wind that can change your life for eternity. And Jesus gave Nicodemus a little taste, and he was telling him, hey, I want you to understand how this is going to happen. All of a sudden, you're going to be there seeking my face, and all of a sudden, there's going to be a wind that comes into that place, and that's going to be my spirit. And I'm going to set up on each and every single person that's inside the place where they are seeking my face. Amen. Can I tell you today, he, he still fills the house where people are seeking his face. Yes. And he will rest upon those who are seeking after him. Yes. Always he will rest upon them. Yes. Praise God. Praise God. Now, I, the reason I wanted, to, I wanted to take a quick moment and I want to jump over to 1 Corinthians chapter 14 is because I want you to understand some things. Now, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, 13, and 14, we, we know this portion of Scripture as the area that we call the gifts of the Spirit, the teaching of the gifts of the Spirit. And uh, we'll, we'll, we'll teach on those. I believe those need to be in operation in our church. Amen. They need to be in operation in every church. Amen. That's on the face of this earth. If they got the Holy Ghost, the Holy Spirit needs to be moving in our midst. Amen. And not, we ought to be bold enough to rise up and let God use us in his spirit and he gives to some the gifts not everybody has the same gift well praise God I don't have time to teach on it tonight but but we're going to get to it I promise you but I wanted you to understand something the the there is a um I don't know if it's because a lot of churches that talk in tongues started videoing their services and so now that it, it's becoming a more prominent type of deal where folks are now criticizing tongues and, and even some others are those that have even received the Holy Ghost, evidenced by speaking in other tongues. I've seen some of them stand up and say, hey, you know what, um, tongues really, really is tongues necessary. Real tongues people should understand. And, and, and I've heard all kinds of different statements from different people. And, and with social media, as social media goes, I know that many of us are going to begin to uh, be opened to those comments. And I want, I want to put this in your heart and your mind. And maybe you need, to, you, you need to mark these passages of Scripture down and do some study on your own and get a revelation of tongues. Now, yes, this is talking about the gifts of the Spirit, but I do believe that the Apostle Paul gave some understanding around the evidence of the Spirit, amen, living inside of us in these passages of Scripture. And so I want, I want to go into uh, a few of these Scriptures, um, and, and I, want, I want verse number 2 of, of uh, 1 Corinthians 14 says this. For he that speaketh in an unknown tongue speaketh not unto men, but unto God. Wait. So if you speak in tongues, who are you speaking to? What did Paul say? I'm not talking in tongues for, for Brother Blue's um, uplifting. I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not speaking in tongues for Brother Tuffy to understand what I'm trying to say. I'm, I'm speaking in tongues because God is speaking through me, and I am speaking to God directly. Go on and read. For no man understandeth him. No man 
understands him. Go ahead. Howbeit in the spirit he speaketh mysteries. <laughs> when you're speaking in tongues, now he's not talking about the gift of tongues here, folks. He's talking about the gift of the Holy Ghost that resides in you. And when you're filled with his spirit, every once in a while when you're praying, you're going to begin to pray in tongues. And that's okay. Many folks will say, well, you, you've got to have an interpreter. That's a whole other portion of scripture. I'm not going to dig in too deep, too deep tonight. But I want you to understand when you're talking about speaking in tongues and needing an interpreter, that's something completely different than, it, than, than speaking of um, when you're speaking in tongues in prayer unto God. When you're speaking in tongues in prayer unto God, that's evidence that his spirit is speaking through you. And you're, and you're speaking to him at times, as the Apostle Paul says. Go ahead and read. But he that prophesieth speaketh unto men to edification and exhortation <clears throat> and comfort. That's right. Hold on there. I'm gonna, we're going to go to another passage of scripture here in this. In this uh, I want you to go. Oh, actually, keep, keep reading. I almost cut you off too short. Keep going. He that speaketh in an unknown tongue edifieth himself. Okay. But he that prophesieth edifieth the church. Okay. Now hold, hold on just a minute. I want you to go to back to chapter 12. I want you just to start reading with verse number one. Now concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I would not have you ignorant. Mm -hmm. Ye know that you were Gentiles carried away into these dumb idols, even as ye were led. Wherefore I give to you under, to understand that no man speaking by the Spirit of God calleth Jesus accursed, mm -hmm. and that no man can say that Jesus is Lord but by the Holy Ghost. Yes. Now, there are diversities of gifts, but the same Spirit. Right. And there are differences of administrations, but the same Lord. Yes. And there are diversities of operations, but it is the same God which worketh all in all. Yes. Keep reading. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to every man to profit with all. All right. Now, this is the first place that I want you to notice that God is saying, hey, this manifestation of the Spirit within the church is so that every man can profit in his own spirit so that he can grow and that he can be uh, the word edify means to build up amen and so he's saying hey look these things are given to us so that we can help build each other up does that make sense this evening amen but when you go back to first corinthians chapter 14 and I, I don't have time to unpack all of that gifts of the spirit stuff we'll, we'll get there i promise but when you go back to chapter 14, the Bible said if, if a man, in verse number 4, he that speaketh in an unknown tongue does what? Edifieth or builds up himself. So when you're praying in tongues, it's okay. Pray in tongues. But what the Apostle Paul is saying here, he said don't, don't stop the service just because you're getting a good blessing from the Lord. He, he said, hey, just speak in tongues and worship God and let God build you up just like he should when you're talking in tongues. Amen. And, and, and we could keep going through this whole passage. Thank you, Brother Mendez. But, but I, want, I wanted just to stop just a moment tonight. I want you to understand, amen, I don't care what anybody says. 
The Bible still teaches me that I ought to speak in tongues often. Amen. In fact, in, in order for me to build up my most holy faith, Jude says that I need to pray in the Holy Ghost. And so in order for me to be built up, I need to speak in other tongues, amen, so that I can talk directly to God. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. And there's a, there's a whole litany of other things that come to mind, but I, I want to move on here today. But I want you to understand, hey, when somebody says tongues isn't necessary, in fact, they say tongues is a gift of the Spirit, um, yes, they're right. Amen. But there is a different type of tongues that I'm talking about tonight, and that is the gift of the Holy Ghost. Amen. The evidence uh, of His Spirit living on the inside. Amen. He gives you the ability to speak. In fact, 1 Corinthians 13 tells us, Amen. Though I speak with the men of the, the tongues of men and of angels. And so there are times when we're speaking in tongues, yeah, no man's going to understand what you're saying. But the angels do. And God does. That's all that matters. That's all that matters. Praise God. Let everything be done. Amen. Built upon the scripture. Praise God. In fact, if the, you can tell that if they say, well, the Apostle Paul said that you, you shouldn't talk in tongues without an interpreter. He did say that. But you know what else the Apostle Paul said? Verse 18 of, of 1 Corinthians 14, he said this, I thank my God I speak with tongues more than you all. Amen. He wasn't telling them to stop talking in tongues when they're, when they're talking to God. But he was saying, hey, you need to, uh, we haven't had this, I don't think, happen in a long time in this service, in a, in a service here in our church. Maybe we have. I can't remember the last time that it happened, amen, when, when somebody spoke out in tongues and then somebody interpreted that, amen. It's been a while, amen. And I'm, I've been praying, God, I, I'm praying now, God, will you help us, help us to be sensitive to the Holy Ghost. You don't have to be super spiritual for God to use you in the gifts of the Spirit, amen. I, I'll just say this, God is looking for a willing vessel. When it comes time that God wants to speak to his people in that fashion, God's just looking for somebody that will open their ears and open their mouth and let God speak through them. Amen. And God will do that. Praise God. And so uh, when that happens, somebody will speak out forcefully in tongues, and you'll see where I'll, I'll stop, and I, I won't even be saying a word. I'll be listening. And when they finish speaking in tongues, I want you to understand, I, the reason I'm going over this is because this is important. And the realm that it, we, I believe God wants to take us into, I believe that we're going to have to have an understanding of these things. And I can talk about it till I'm blue in the face, but until it actually happens, you'll be wondering, what in the world is he talking about? And when it happens the first time and you were in the service, let me tell you something, you'll realize the power of what just happened. And I, I want you to understand, God, God, when, when God takes a moment and he says, all right, I'm stopping this service and I'm going to speak. Look, it doesn't always happen through the preacher in these services. All right? I, I, don't, I don't want to get too down deep into this, but I want you to understand that God wants to use his people. Now, I will say this. If we're at a conference and there are many other men that are elders there, I, I do believe that in that kind of confine, in that kind of environment, that I do believe that we ought to, uh, maybe God does speak to you 
But I, in my opinion, we need to allow the authorities that are there, um, let, let God speak through them. And God will speak through them. Um, I've seen too many times where, where people have destroyed a service thinking that they were going to take over the service and all that. So it's, it's, it's one of those things. But I want you to understand that we've got to be sensitive to God. We've got to be sensitive to God. Let me ask you something. How many of you guys like somebody speaking on your behalf falsely? You ever thought about that? I sure don't want somebody walking up to somebody and saying, Mateo, pastor said, when pastor had no idea what was going on. Now, it's quite another thing if I tell Juan to go tell Mateo something, and he goes to him and says, well, pastor said, that's absolutely okay, right? The th same thing, in my opinion, goes in the, in, in, in the things of God. I don't want to just, well, hallelujah, I don't want to just say things that say God said this, and God didn't say it. Amen. There's one thing the Bible calls that individual, and I'm not trying to get heavy. I just want you to understand there is a serious side to this thing as well. But God calls them false prophets, right? All right. Stop. Apple products at home. Well, hallelujah. You know when it's getting serious, stuff like that happens, right? Yeah. Amen. I want to make sure that I don't speak on God's behalf when God doesn't say. But you know what? When God does say, and God told me, and I didn't say, I don't want to be on that side of the fence either. Yeah. Well, can I get an amen tonight? Amen. Praise God. God wants to use us, folks. God wants. Can everybody point at yourself and say, God wants to use me? Do you believe what you just said? Yes. Well, somehow in the next several services, I want to do my best. If you don't really believe that, and if you already believe it, I want to somehow build that faith and say, hey, I, I want us to walk in boldness in the Holy Ghost, folks. Amen. Because when we're walking in boldness, people notice that. I'm going to say it again. When people walk in boldness... People notice that. When, when you begin to speak of things whereof you know what you're talking about and you know what you're, what you're explaining, guess what? It's quite different when you're, when you're saying things you understand and you have experienced and you know what you're talking about than those things that I'm trying to live a fake life. I don't want to live a fake life. Amen. I want to give God my 100%. And I want God to use me in a mighty, mighty way. Amen. Not because I think I'm somebody. Not because uh, I am somebody. But because God is everything. Uh, amen. And I want to be able to be used by the one who is all. Praise God. Hallelujah. Praise God. Acts chapter 2 and verse 1. Will you go ahead and read that passage for me this evening? And we're going to try to move on in this lesson Tonight, Acts chapter 2 and verse number 1. Praise God. 
Acts chapter 2 and verse number 1. <clears throat> That's all right. Praise God. I'll do better and I'll, I'll try to make you a list or something next time around. And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, mm -hmm. they were all in one accord in one place. They were all in one accord in one place. Thank you. We're going to come back to that. You might want to hold that spot for a few minutes. Acts chapter 2 says that they were all with one accord in one place. Amen. I want you to understand that in this verse, verse number 1, they were all there in one accord. They weren't in a Honda. Amen. This is not a Honda Accord. All right. This is the one mind. Can I say it that way? They were in one mind. They were in one accord. They were in unity. Amen. In a single place. Amen. What brought this unity? I want to I want to talk about this for just a minute. I don't want to get too down into the weeds, but I want you to think about something with me. Just a few days before, about 50 days before this happened, uh, amen, at the Passover dinner, amen, the disciples were arguing about something. Does anybody know what they were arguing about on the Passover? Who can sit at the right hand of God? Who is the greatest among them all? Hey, I'm better than so-and-so. I'm better than this person. I'm greater than this individual. In fact, there was another time where the mother, amen, of two of the young boys came to Jesus and said, Hey, make sure that these two are sitting on the right hand of God. What in the world? Who has the audacity to do that? Guess what? Uh, I got to be good. <clears throat> they, <laughs> they called these boys the sons of thunder. Um, <clears throat> James and John. They were called the sons of thunder. Amen. I'm going to leave it alone. Um, <clears throat> anyhow, James and, James and John, they were good boys. In fact, it was Peter, James, and John that were the only three that went upon uh, the Mount of Transfiguration with Jesus. These were the three that Jesus took them a little bit deeper into the Garden of Gethsemane when he was praying for, for God to give him strength that night. But at Passover, these guys were so worried about who was better than the other one. And they went to Jesus and said, Lord, who is the greatest among us? Well, they went from that kind of disunity to the Bible saying they were in one mind and one accord. They weren't worried about who was better than the other. They were just worried about one thing. About obeying the voice of the Lord and seeking his face and seeing the Holy Ghost, the promise of the Father, come to pass in their midst. Amen. There are two things that I believe that changed these men. And I, I, I want to run through this very, very, very quickly. Amen. There are two things that change these men. Calvary. Jesus being on the cross, I believe, changed their perception of everything. Realizing that a perfect individual was paying the price that of a horrible individual, of a horrible criminal, but yet he did it and he didn't complain, Brother Mendez. 
And they knew that he was the greatest, Brother Blue. They knew that there was none greater than Jesus Christ. They knew who he was. They had a revelation of the mighty God in Christ. They knew who Jesus was. And when they realized that Jesus didn't care whether he was great or not, he had a job to do, and that was to pay the price for all of man's sin. Whether he was great or not, he humbled himself down to another thing. Maybe I should add three things, but this, this one being the cross, before he got to the cross, he meant there was a foot washing that took place. He meant after the dinner, after they were arguing that night, the master of these men, the rabbi of these men went before them and he said, hey, come here, I'm going to wash your feet. He got to Peter and Peter said, oh no, Lord, you're not washing these feet. And Jesus said, hey, buddy, he said, if I don't wash your feet, he meant you're not going to heaven. He meant you're not, you're not going to you're not going to be a partaker of me he meant and, and then Peter's changed his mind and he said oh Lord he meant if that's the case don't just wash my feet but wash all of me because I want to make it I want to be a partaker of Jesus Christ so maybe I should say there's three things that these men encountered since the time that they were arguing and saying who's greater and who's the best he meant they, they had their feet washed by the master Secondly, they had to endure the cross. They had to go through, amen, and watch him in, in agony upon the cross. Amen. And then the third thing was that they had received revelation, amen, from Jesus Christ in Luke chapter 24, amen, in verse number 45. I'll go ahead and read this one. Amen. Then opened he their understanding that they might understand the scripture. Let me tell you something. When God opens your eyes, you don't see things the same way that you used to see them. Amen. Let me tell you, when God begins to open your eyes, you don't feel as important as you used to do. Amen. Because you realize, hey, God, I'm here. Just use me. I'm a willing vessel. Whatever you need me to do, God, here I am. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Praise God. Now, I know I've said this in, in, earlier on, amen, but I will say this, I said this earlier on in this lesson, amen, a few weeks ago I said that, uh, amen, it wasn't because that they uh, had gotten into one accord in one place uh, that the Holy Ghost came, but I can promise you this, those that were there in one accord in one place, uh, amen, were there, amen, in a right mindset to receive what God had to give them. Amen. The Holy Ghost was coming whether they were there or not. God would have filled somebody with the Holy Ghost. God had a perfect time. And God knew who he was going to fill. Amen. And so here in Acts chapter number 1. He, uh, hold on. We'll, we'll get there in a minute. The Holy Ghost didn't come. Amen. That day in the, in the, in the upper room until they all got into one accord. They got into one accord and the Holy Ghost came. Not the opposite way around. Let me ask you, you want to see the glory of God in this church? Amen. We got to get in one accord right. around here. Right. Thank God I've seen some of us, amen, and I, I, I don't see a lot of discord going on. Can I just say that? But I can say this, amen, if we really want the glory of God, we've got to maintain it to the place of, hey, I'm not allowing anybody to talk about my brother or my sister, amen, because I know that their heart is upon seeing the glory of God and seeing souls saved. 
I'm not tolerating the enemy tearing down or degradating anybody in this church. Amen. I'm not here to hear anybody tear down another preacher, another saint, or another uh, another individual that was in that in that altar. I want you to understand: if you are judging one another, it's not going to stop uh, between you. Uh, but what's going to happen is uh, you're going to be so self righteous uh, that anybody that walks in the back door that don't look right, uh, Amen. Or maybe you knew them from the past, uh, and you're like, man, there's no way in this world they're going to surrender to God. My friend, uh, who do you think you are to make that kind of judgment? Uh, amen. If God saved your soul, He can save anybody's soul hallelujah praise God not one of us is perfect even though I got the Holy Ghost brother Tuffy I'm not perfect but I know one who is striving to make me better and make me more like him and I need him more than I've ever needed him before hallelujah praise God the Holy Ghost didn't come until they all got in one accord Amen. The whole, they got in accord and the Holy Ghost came. The church must be in one accord for the moving of God and God's will to be done. All 120 or about 120 that were mentioned in Acts 1 and 15 were of one mind. Acts chapter 1 and verse 14. I put the wrong scripture here. Amen. Actually, I think it was... Uh, Read verse 1 and 15 and then verse 16, I believe it was. And in those days, Mary stood up in the midst of the disciples and said, The number of names together were about 120. Men and brethren, this scripture must needs have been fulfilled, which the Holy Ghost by the mouth of David spake before concerning Judas, which was a guide to them that took Jesus. Hold on. Go back to verse 14. I was right the first time. Verse number 14, Acts 1 and 14. And these all continued in one yes. accord in prayer and supplication with the women and Mary, the mother of Jesus, with his brethren. Uh-huh. And in those days, Peter stood up. We, we understand this, this evening that, that it was because these people were praying and it was their prayer that put them in one accord. Are you with me tonight? That's where their power came from. The Holy Ghost came because they were praying together without any division. Amen. They were able to repent all of that pride out of their lives. Amen. None of them were uninterested. None of them were unconcerned. None of them were lukewarm. But all of them were in earnest. And they were united in faith and in prayer. Praise God. Amen. I believe tonight that it was uh, um, it was their 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 unity. Amen. What caused them? Amen. To 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 receive the outpouring of the Holy Ghost as individuals. You with me today? Amen. And I, I want you to understand something. I wrote this down several weeks ago, but I, I want to, I want to iterate this here tonight. I believe that God has already begun working in the midst of this church. Amen. Maybe not everybody's here tonight. Amen. That claims 
names this place as their church. But let me tell you something. I've watched how God began working in each of our lives. And God has begun unifying our hearts and our minds. Yes, we have differences. Yes, we don't see things the same way 100% of the time. But let me tell you something. We have been willing to say, hey, God, we're putting that aside every time we come through those back doors so that we can worship you with any, without any interruption. Amen. Because when I come to church, I'm not worried about what Brother Mendez thinks about me or what Brother, Brother Tuffy thinks about me. I'm not worried about even what my wife thinks about me. All I'm worried about is what does God think about me and my worship today? I didn't come to church for any of y'all. I didn't come to church to please my kids. I didn't come to church to make somebody happy. I just came to church to make God smile upon us with my worship. Hallelujah. I know today that you can go to other churches. They got, they got more exciting things going on. I know you can go to other churches, and they, I promise you they got a better singer than this old guy. I know you can go to other churches, amen, and, and you, you're going to find those things out there maybe that are appealing to our flesh. But let me tell you something. Thank God for a group of people that come to this church. That uh, This doesn't make us any better, but I will say this. It will take us to another level in the Holy Ghost. If we will continue to follow the leading of His Spirit, amen, even when we don't feel like it, thank God there are people who come in through the back doors of this church and say, God, I'm giving you my everything tonight. Hallelujah. I believe what we're seeing around here is a direct result of the hunger and the desire of the people of this church. Amen. There are a ton of circumstances that are happening in many of our lives today. Amen. But we are growing together. Despite what happens, we're growing together in one accord. Hallelujah. In order for us to grow in God properly, we must be not only in unity with one another, but we've got to be in unity with the Holy Ghost. Ephesians 4, 1 through 7 says, I therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, beseech you that you walk worthy of the vocation wherewith you are called, with all lowliness and meekness, with long suffering, forbearing one another in love. Hallelujah. The apostle Paul told the church at Ephesus, you've got to be lowly. You've got to be meek. You've got to be patient. Amen. And you've got to forbear or, or, or tolerate, can I say it that way, one another in love. Endeavoring to keep the unity of the spirit not the unity of the people, but the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. He goes on to say this, there is one body and one Spirit, even as you are called in one hope of your calling. One Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is above all and through all. And then you are. But unto every one of us, this is how we do this. But unto every one of us is given grace according to the measure of the gift of Christ. God's given us what we need, church. You have what you need to go to the next level in God. But are you willing to exercise it? Are you willing to get into unity with him? 
Are you willing to allow his spirit to guide you? Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. My goodness. The Holy Ghost came. The Holy Ghost filled. And the Holy Ghost changed lives that day. Amen. I'm going to try to hurry through this. Acts chapter 2 verses 2 through 3 says, And suddenly there, there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled all the house where they were sitting. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as a fire, and it sat upon each of them. The Holy Ghost came and filled the house, and the Holy Ghost came and filled the people. The fire fell and rested upon all of them. That night, amen, when the brazen altar in both the tabernacle and the temple were finished being built at the dedication, I want you to understand, the fire came from heaven and was to burn continually upon that altar. It was up to the priest to make sure that fire never went out upon that old altar. Amen. God is the one who ignited the fire upon the altar of the tabernacle, showing that he was well pleased with what they had done in obeying and praying and seeking out to him. Amen. And then we get to Acts chapter number 2 and we find that the people had obeyed and they had prayed and they were Filled and cloven tongues like as a fire sat upon each of them, showing that God was well pleased with them. But not was he just sending the fire, but he was the fire that came and dwelt inside of each and every single one of them. Hallelujah. Let me, let me, let me point out one more thing that happened at the day of Pentecost. As opposed to what happened at the tabernacle dedication. At the tabernacle dedication, God sent a fire and it consumed a sacrifice. You with me? On a single altar. But on the day of Pentecost, in the book of Acts chapter number 2, the Bible said it wasn't just, it was a fire, a single fire. But it came and sat upon all of those people. Each individual person had the fire of God ignited upon them. Each of them had it happen at that moment. And that's what happens when God comes into our lives. He ignites the fire, amen, for the first time on the inside of us. Then it's up to you and to me to keep that fire going. Hallelujah. You've got to make sure that you put wood on the fire. How do you do that? Get into the word of the Lord. How do you do that? Get down on your knees and talk to God for a while. Amen. You've got to keep that thing going. Amen. You can't let the fire die out. Uh, hallelujah. Before long. Uh, amen. You're going to have to somehow get that fire reignited. And the only way to do that is at an altar of repentance. Hallelujah. Praise God. And there was evidence that the Holy Ghost was now not just in the house, uh, but he was in each of those people that day. Hallelujah. Acts chapter 2 verse 33 and 4 says, And there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as a fire, and it set up on each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Amen. John chapter 3 and verse 8. 
8, uh, amen, the Bible says this, uh, the wind blows where it listeth, uh, and thou hearest the sound thereof, but you cannot tell when it came uh, and whither it goes. Uh, amen, so is everyone that is born uh, of the Spirit. Uh, praise God, Jesus was telling Nicodemus that every believer Amen. Would be like the wind when they received the Holy Ghost. They would not know the exact place and or when it would come. Amen. There would though be a sound associated. Can I get an amen tonight? I'm almost done. Got two two more little uh, pages to flip here. Amen. They're not big pages like normal. Amen. But. Jesus told the disciples in Mark that every believer would speak with new tongues. Amen. Or, or it could have been translated new languages. Amen. Mark chapter 6, verse six, 16, verse 16 and 18. He that believeth and is baptized shall be, ba shall be saved, but he that believeth not shall be damned. And these signs shall follow them that believe. In my name shall they cast out devils. They shall speak with new tongues. They shall speak with new tongues. They shall speak with new tongues. They shall take up serpents. And if they drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt them. They shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. Praise God. This is another portion of scripture, by the way, that other translations have taken out of the word of God. Amen. I want you to understand there is power when the Holy Ghost comes upon you. Amen. The last thing I want to point out tonight in this passage of Scripture, amen, in Acts chapter number 2 and verse 2, the second word that was said was, and suddenly, and suddenly. It happened all of a sudden. This came in the perfect time of God. And most of the time, Sister Rini, when it's God's time, I'm not expecting it. And God takes me by surprise sometimes. And these people that day, maybe it didn't take them by surprise because they were expecting something to happen. But they don't know when it was going to come. And the Bible said, and suddenly there came a sound from heaven. And this thing happened in the very perfect time of God. It was a sudden thing for those experiencing it. But God knew exactly when it needed to fall and he had planned to pour it out on them at that moment in time. God had it planned to the very nth degree. Amen. Yes, I emphasize obey and pray. But God can and he will move freely apart from what man's merits Deem from God. I don't care what you do. You can try to make yourself perfect. But when God says it's time, it's time whether you're ready or not. That's why we preach. That's why we preach God's coming back soon, folks. That's why we say it often. God is going to be back very soon. As a thief in the night, the Bible says he's coming back. Amen. But we as the people of God ought to watch and pray as he told the disciples in the Garden of Gethsemane, Gethsemane that night. Amen. God is here and God wants to move in our midst. Amen. But we've got to be ready. Amen. We've got to be setting on go. Amen. We've got to be ready when God says it's time. Hallelujah. When God moves, he always gets it right, folks. When God moves, Sister Tori, can you help me out tonight? When God moves and he consumes the things that he is pleased with, 
I want you to consider with me as I close tonight, Elijah on Mount Carmel, when Elijah prayed and said, God, show them who the real God is. God was pleased with Elijah, and God sent down the fire that day and consumed everything. He consumed the altar. He consumed the sacrifice. He consumed the wood. He consumed the rock. He consumed all of the stuff that they had put together. God consumed it. Consider each of the dedications of the tabernacle and the different temples. Every time, God was well pleased because they built him a house. They were putting him first. And I want you to read with me here tonight, Hebrews chapter 12, verse 28 and 29, if you could... If you could stand as we read this last scripture. Wherefore we receiving a kingdom which cannot be moved. Let us have grace. Whereby we may serve God acceptably. With reverence and godly fear. And verse 29 says it very simple and very succinctly. For God is a consuming When God's spirit rested upon those people that day and there was evidence of fire upon those folks, what God consumed began to affect 3,000 people that day. The next chapter we see that that same fire is is affecting 5,000 more people. And you can see it didn't just stay there next to the upper room, but it began to spread and it began to go out and about. And by the time we get to Acts chapter number 10, the Samaritans now have been able to experience the Holy Ghost. And now the Gentiles, such as you and me, have been, have been opened the opportunity to partake of the fire of God, this consuming fire of God called the Holy Ghost. I want him to lead me. I want him to consume me. I don't want to just go through the motions But I want to be a Book of Acts church. I want to be that church like they had back then in the Bible. But I want to go far and above what they experienced. I can tell you today uh, that God wants to do that in the midst of his people. And I'm watching as God is doing it across this world. He met a friend of ours. He met, I would say, a man that I know of. He met, he's having, he, in the last month, he met, they've had well over 120 receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. He met, let me tell you something. There is no accident that people are seeking after God today. But we've got to be sensitive to him. His spirit has got to be consuming us every day. His spirit's got to be eating us up. We got to be just like Jeremiah. He meant he tried to keep the word of God in. He said, but it was like a fire shut up in my bones. And he said, I couldn't keep my mouth shut. He said, I had to get out and I had to tell him what the Lord was saying. He meant, let me tell you folks, God wants to use us. And he wants to use us in a mighty way. But we've got to yield ourselves to him. And be in subjection and, and, and be in one accord with the Spirit. Hallelujah. Can we lift up our hands and our voices and can we